and glad to have every saint of God in the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Chapter 13 of the book of Matthew and verse 41. In fact, I'm going to make it even a lot more positive than that. Read to verse 44. The Son of Man shall send forth his angel, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend them that do which do iniquity, and shall cast them in the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath here to hear, let him hear. Lord bless you one more time. We've gathered together at the cross where you gave your life for us. Now tonight speak to us from your throne. In Jesus' name, we shall give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I want to preach to you tonight about the kingdom of God and its filter. The kingdom of God and this filter. Turn around and shake hand with someone right now. The kingdom of God and this filter. Praise God. You may be seeing the Bible said the kingdom of God does not come by observation. It's not like the head of gold, the breast of silver. And the body of uh, bronze and iron and clay, not so. The kingdom of God is not like that. In fact, as far as God is concerned, there will only be four world kingdoms that he recognizes. The rest he does not recognize. And the fifth kingdom shall not be passed on to another. Would you believe tonight that tonight that you are the kingdom of God? You are the kingdom of God. I saw Jasper and Canmore beautiful mountains. I saw rivers and beautiful streams. I saw areas of agriculture laid out. And yet that's not what God wants. God says, you are my kingdom. And when God is your kingdom, it means that he is your king. And where the word of a king is, there's power. There's power. God is light. In him there is no darkness. And anybody that belongs to him will become children of light. We are not of the dark, but of the light. And I believe we are a candle placed upon a hill. Hill means we are, we are more than conquerors. There are no such thing as a defeated Christian. It is impossible to be a Christian and be defeated. It is not possible. My, that went down real thud. It's not possible to be a defeated Christian. 
Now I know there are people in the church, in the church congregation around our fellowship, that hates when you get up and testify of your conquest, of your success, of your blessings, of the great and marvelous thing that God has wrought for us. People are offended. People are upset. People want to destroy you. The difference between David and Saul, Saul was never kingdom-minded. He wanted to be king. And he was going to stay king if he had to use a sword to maintain that kingdom. But not so with David. The Bible says when the time came to fight for the kingdom, Saul said, I may be king, but not that kingship. I will not go down the valley of fear. David was not a king, but was anointed to be king. And the Bible said, when he saw what was happening to God's character, he stepped out and said, Is there not a cause? People that belong to God, 100% always put the cause above personal interest. I have no problem spying people that are truly the kingdom of God. I may not say nothing, but when it comes to commitment, that's what I know. Because David said, I will face the giant. But David, nobody ever faced the giant before. It doesn't matter. I hear my God being blasphemed. I have to do something about it. I'm not going to withdraw, save my life, and let God's character go down on the ground. He said, I will fight Goliath. And he stepped forward. That's the kind of people God have in His church. Anybody can talk about, amen, how they love God with lip service, but when it comes down to commitment, that's when you know who is kingdom-minded. David was kingdom-minded. Saul didn't mind. If they sang a song about him, listen now. Saul of Spain is thousand. Boy, that sounds good. He starts smiling. But then the next verse says, But David slew his ten thousand. And Saul lost his joy. <laughs> he lost his excitement. He forgot they sang a word about him. He's not worried about the song they're singing about David. When you are kingdom-minded, you don't care who got the praise. As long as the job is done. Not everybody are kingdom minded. And I used to wonder, Lord, how come these things can happen? But God let me know, everybody crying, Lord, Lord, does not necessarily belong to Him. Amen. If I can't lead the choir, well, I won't be a part of it. If I can't play the leading part of the music, I won't be a part of the orchestra. Come on now. If the smoke is not coming out of my stack, I won't contribute. That's not kingdom-mindedness. That's self-centeredness. There's a difference between kingdom-minded and, and, and self-centeredness. Amen. But David said, is there not a cause? It doesn't matter if I'm in the choir or not in the choir. It doesn't matter if I'm on stage or on the backstage. I'm still going to worship God. 
it doesn't matter what place or location or what situation I'm in, whether I'm in or up or out or down, I'm going to worship God with my whole heart and with my whole being because it's all about Him. It's not about me. I'm kingdom-minded. When the king walks in, I will start bowing Him and start worshiping and start giving God the high praises. I'm not worshiping God based on my emotional or the feelings. No, my friend, whether I feel up or down, I'm going to worship the king. I realize I am the kingdom of God. United States, and I'm not being critical of them, but they just don't want to have a king. United States does not want a king. They say, we will not have a king reign over us. We will be republic. And therefore, we want the voice of the people to reign over us. And that's what democracy means. A kingdom without a king. When there is no king, everybody do what's right in their own eyes. But when there's a king, it's the edict and the statue and the command of a king. Someone said, I come to you in the name of the king. You better respond. Because the king can determine whether you live or die and determines how you die. And when he gives his order, that's what takes place. But what it is to be kingdom-minded? We have to go at the template that God has given to us, church. And I want to talk to you because you are in the kingdom of God. If you don't watch it and know and understand it, you can let somebody push you out of the kingdom. You can let somebody stop you from giving service to the king. You can let people rob you of you being in the palace of the king and call you out and push you out. But if you understand the kingdom, praise God, you're going to say like Paul, what shall separate me from the love of God that I have in Christ Jesus? He named at least 17 things as none of these things move me from the sovereignty of my God. He said, now these things are big enough to cause me to give up citizenship and in a loyal service to my God. I want to tell somebody, you can tell somebody, I'm not here for you. When I dance in the Spirit, I don't care if you like it or not. I don't care if you like the way I dance. I don't care if you like the way I shout. I'm not dancing to please you. I'm not shouting to please you. I'm not testifying ever to tickle your fancy. I am to give God the praise, the highest sounding praise, with the highest note I can give to God. If you don't like it, that's your problem. But I will not be quieted down, and I will not be pushed around. I come to praise the Lord. Can the church say amen? Can the church say amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad my wife dressed to please me. And not my neighbor next door. Hello. And I'm glad the church dressed to please Jesus. And not the world next door. Amen. I'm glad the church had heaven a vision. And not media vision. Come on, somebody. I don't care what the world believes or thinks. I know what I believe and whom I believe, what I believe with and why I believe in Him. And I know when I see Him. Can someone say amen? But I belong to the kingdom of God. Hello? We went to Asia. I had no desire to be an Asian back there. 
I went to the Middle East. I didn't hope to be there. In fact, I thank God I wasn't born in those places. I thank God I wasn't born there. I thank God I didn't have their food type and their dress code and their kind of government. I love my government. When I came back, I kissed the ground I came from. Hallelujah. Every time I walk in the church, I say, Thank you, Lord, for the sanctuary. Thank you, God, for my city of refuge. This is not a problem to come to my God's house. This is where I live, where I belong. Amen. Preaching doesn't bother me, friend. It's not distressful. Amen. It's useful in my life. I belong to a king. I belong to royalty. Praise God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God does not come by observation. In other words, I can't take it to Russia and show the kingdom of God. I can't show the kingdom of God in the United States or Canada. But I can shake hand with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Examine yourself if you are in the kingdom or in the faith. Knowing out that Jesus Christ is in you. I heard of a gentleman, a preacher, that preached from uh, two states. In fact, from the state to Canada, uh, our it's all the United States. In fact, from New York to the place where he's from, I won't tell you from. He wants an airplane for seventeen million dollars because the plane he has right now is too old. The jet that he had, the Larry jet, is too old. Wants a brand new one. He wants all his members to give him three hundred dollars or, or more, or whatever three thousand, whatever the case might be, to buy this. It's a multi-million dollar plane. Hello. I'm going to tell you, he's going to get it. And the church want a dollar to fix the foundation of the wind of the church. But they will tell you it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Hello. But they will tell you it's okay to scream in a hockey game. And act fanatic and stupid. And kick you and make noises. And throw up your hats. But in church, don't do that. You're silly. You know, you're uncouth. It's two different kingdoms. There is the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We have to decide which kingdom we belong to. Now, God said that He has people in His kingdom that are not His. Are you with me? Now, the best way God could describe this to us is by the parable. In parables, Jesus began to describe his kingdom. So what is the kingdom of God? It's a place where God is sovereign. It's a place where we live by the rules of God. So I say, I can't dress that way. I can't eat that way. I can't live that way. Then you can't be an Israelite. Because that's how Israel eats. That's their diet. That's the way Israelite dress. That's the law they obey on the Sabbath day. That's what they do on Pentecost day. That's what they do on the Feast of Tabernacle. If you don't want to do it, then you're not an Israelite. And you have no right to the promises. It's the same with the church. If you don't like even the way the church lives and move and have a being, then you can't be a Christian. That's why they're Greek-skinned and Christian. It's a whole lot different between a Greek-skinned and a Christian. 
Amen. Some want to be and some isn't. Praise God. I want to be it, not want to be it. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus Christ said, I'm going to tell you about my kingdom was like. In the 13th chapter, Jesus Christ gave us a good description of what the kingdom is like. Now, before this was formed, the church, you would go back to the Old Testament and you see examples of the kingdom of God. When God took Israel to Mount Sinai, God gave Israel distinctiveness, uniqueness, and called that sanctification. Sanctification means separate, distinct, and apart from everything else. You can't, in fact, the word you use is peculiar. You're an odd ball, seen and noticed from afar, never confused with anything else. Praise ye the Lord. I said, praise ye the Lord. If you're in the days of Noah, you'd be an oddball, you're the guy who built a ship out there. Hello? You'd be on the guy talking about rain and think you're, you're a quack. Hello? And when God told Israel, you can't eat lobsters. You can't eat shrimps. <laughs> you can't eat scallop. You can't eat pig. Hallelujah, you can't serve kind of fowl. You're an oddball. We just don't serve your kind of my restaurant. You're not my kind of People, you can't, you can't buy clothes at my store. Come on, ladies. You can't find your, 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 your gown there. Gentlemen, you can't find your wardrobe next door. You have to have an Israelite to stitch things for you. It's a whole lot different if you want to be an Israelite. But if you want to be an Israelite, you've got to live up to a certain standard. They call them proselyte. That means somebody who will give up their citizenship from where they came from. And that's why the term born again came into existence. That means that to be born all over again as an Israelite and be sent to the laws of God. Now, church, let me tell you, you can't be a Christian and hate laws. Because one of the fundamental truths about our doctrine is we got the laws of God written up on our heart. So you don't have a choice. God said, I'm going to write my laws, not in nature, not on stone, but upon the flesh of your Heart. So he said, I don't like laws, but my friend, then you can't be a Christian. Well, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Well, bless God, then you can't be a child of God. Because that's how my sheep obey my voice. Keep my laws. Keep my commandments. Hello? And so, not many people could become an Israelite. But God gave us some template of a real kingdom-minded individual. He said, Abraham was a template for us to look at. Anybody who wants Abraham's blessing must walk in the steps of the faith of Abraham. You wonder why some folks will get nothing from God? They will not walk in the template that God gives them. Amen. And church, you need to know the footprints of him versus the footprints of somebody else. No two animals in our world have the same footprints. And you should not confuse the footprints of that of God to that of an entire or some of the gods. You should know the difference. Walk in the steps of Abraham. 
God told some Israelites, hey, you're not Israel at all. Because if you were of Abraham, you've done the deeds of Abraham. Hello? Now, church, Abraham had battles. So will you. God gave him a promise. But there are other people occupying the promised land. But God gave the promise anyhow. He had to go through some series of situations in his life. But the promise was Abraham. God said, everywhere you put your foot is yours. I know you guys don't believe that, but everywhere you walk is yours. I've got preachers that despise me for preaching that way. You know why? Because they're not kingdom minded. They want me to say, like the ten Israelites, we are not able. Well, my friend said, God says, he's able. One of the most intimidating sermon to somebody who don't belong to the kingdom of God is to say, God is able. God is able. You know they said, well, 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 if God opened a window and heaven made the same be, He's able to do that too. He has done it also. When I pay my tithes, every time I pay my tithes, the window's got to open it for me. And the blessing keep, <laughs> and the blessing keep coming out. Church, I want to prepare you. We're living in a time where in the kingdom of God, there are people who does not believe God is able. And small feet will keep you small. Ten spies reveal their character. That they were not of the kingdom of God. Moses gave an edict, and they said, we don't want you, Moses. Get out of here. That was not the first time they rejected Moses. Let me tell you, church, don't put God in the box. The word of the king has power. The king can change when he wants to. Hello? And they said, we are not... Able. When anybody defies the word of a king, you know they don't belong to his sovereignty. Because the sovereignty of God and the king says, you submit to the king's word. The king words off for debate, and they say, we're not able to. And look, church, what happened? Ten men spoke for two and a half million people. I'm going to tell you right now, don't let a few speak for you. In the name of Jesus, don't let a few people decide your destiny. I want you to hear me tonight. Don't let ten men speak for you. Speak for yourself. And say, we are well able to. We are well able to. The kingdom of God are, don't have nations in it, that, but the people who come in it are not of God. They're planted by Satan. Hello! Now, the Bible says that even Elijah had to deal with some people who were naysayers. 850 prophets. Hello! To the king Ahab. And one man stayed faithful to the king of heaven. One man. There's nothing wrong to be alone for truth. Majority is not always right. That's the doctrine of democracy. The word of the king has power. And he's one. Amen. And they said things that the man of God said not so. But when it come time to bring the fire, the kingdom brought fire. Church, we can have revival no matter what anybody says.
Watch we pray in proper harmony with the rule of the king. And we do as well. God will send fire even if you're the only one in the congregation. I say hallelujah. 850 is no guarantee you have fire. But one person in the will of the king can have Holy Ghost fire. Church, we are not too small. We are not too big. We just need to do His call and to do His will. Whatever Jonah says, that's our will for our lives. And don't let anybody get you out of the kingdom's will. And Elijah had put his mind that those guys did intimidate him by their numbers. Amen. 850 against one don't mean you're a failure. Numbers does not determine the will of God. Hello? The fire does. The fire shows it. You ask a man called Abel and a guy called Cain, what proved the will of God was the fire that came down? At Pentecost, what proved the will of God was the fire that came down? What's going to prove the will of God that we're right is the fire going to come down. Amen. At some point, God has to take a, a sign which side he really belonged to. And where he belongs to, fire will come because fire came out of his mouth and, and consumed the adversary because he was of God. Come on, church. Hear it tonight. Now, church, David taught me something that's beautiful. David didn't fight Goliath at a show off. He said there was a righteous cause that need my attention. Because others are falling away from it, don't mean you should. David the kind of guy who said, I can't give my king that which cost me nothing. Some folks can serve God with mediocrity, you can't. When you give God so much of your heart, when he dance was all his might, his strength is everything. When he gave God, he gave his all. He stripped himself. That's kind of man David was. And God made David symbolic of his kingdom. Praise God. And God said, Amen. This man walked in the steps of David. Anybody here walked in the steps of David? When last you danced like David? When last you gave like David? Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. David said, I can't give God. That, that costs me nothing. Anybody who rebelled against you giving a sacrifice to God is not of the kingdom of God. Are you an example? Here are 12 men, and a girl walked in the building, and she know that Jesus Christ is king and Lord. He's being rejected by the rest, and she took the alabaster box, and she poured it on his head. Kingdom minded. He's king. Hosanna! This is the name of the Lord, and he that cometh in this name, the king of Zion is on the horse. And she pulled it on his head, and those that were not kingdom minded said, It's a what? It's a waste. I want to tell you, ladies, here, I've seen that before in this church, not in this building in particular, across the road. People try to consecrate their gifts and their time to God. In the king of the church. And others have said to them, You're just trying to be the pastor's favorite. You're just trying to get recognition. That was not a kingdom minded person speaking. 
That was a planting of Satan. That was the voice of the devil to disturb a committed life who felt the need to show obedience to the king. Hey, Jesus said, if you hold your peace, the rocks will cry out. If you stop what's going on right now, I bet the rocks cry out. Well, church, there ain't no more rocks going to take my place. I belong to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm operating on a commitment. It's not competition. It's commitment. Now, church, let me show you commitment here and kingdom mindedness. On the day of Pentecost, now, Trinitarians like to make Matthew look like an oddball. It's not true. Trinitarians are putting Matthew in an odd position he has never taken. At no time did Matthew ever stood up and resist Acts 2.38 message. They can't show one time when Matthew stood up and rebuked Peter for what he said. Matthew is standing up <laughs> with the eleven. Hello? And submitted to what Peter said. Up to this time, we don't have no writings from Peter. Matthew's a scholar. He could say, look, I wrote this thing and I know all about it. You got nothing that you wrote. I got the message. Sit down, Peter. Hello? But he stood up with Peter. That's kingdom minded. Matthew didn't say, I got the message. Let me speak, not you. Hello? It doesn't matter who God chooses as long as God chose a voice. And he stood with Peter. I'm going to tell you right now, he had to did what Peter said because they all baptized 3,000. And I think Matthew was right in the middle of it. I'm talking to you about kingdom mindedness. Amen. We don't care who God chooses as long as God chooses somebody. Hello? And Peter and the eleven standing up with them. Okay, church, when you belong to the kingdom, you have no problem standing up on the side of right. Come on, somebody. Amen. Anything different would be an offense. Ananias and Sapphira died because what they did was not kingdom mindedness. The kingdom of God is, is defined by having all things in common. One Lord, one King, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all. You hear that? Above all. Through us, in us all. And Anasaphira broke rank. And God killed them because they were not kingdom minded. No one person in this church can be an orchestra. I don't think you heard me. 
Sister Allen alone can't play symphony. I don't care how good you are on the accordion. Now, I know these fancy guitars and organs today can do some stuff, but really, church, that's artificial. But with human hands and feet, it takes a coming together. Praise God. And so the Bible says, that all things in common, Elijah was, listen now, church, very carefully, was not intimidated by the fact that Elisha wanted and had double what he had. Hmm. Can you tolerate somebody raised above you and you're required to help them to get there? God! Giving Elisha a double portion and it didn't offend Elijah. That's kingdom mindedness. Because the moment the kingdom is divided, you know, Satan is at work. The moment a district is divided, you know that devil is at work. The moment heaven got divided between one-third and two-thirds, the devil was at work. Because one guy said, I want my throne above his. And I will be among and above the congregation when this I comes in the picture and me and my. You know you're not dealing with theocracy now. You're dealing with politics of democracy. Hello? Theocracy says, God chose. Amen. The elder shall serve the younger. That's not democracy. That's theocracy. And you can't reverse it. Let's worship God. Church. If the Lord tarry ten more years, I want you to learn the difference between, amen, thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory, and thine is everything. Know the difference between you saying, mine is the power, mine is the glory, mine is the kingdom, mine is the worthiness. Hello. Because that was a problem of King Saul. But King David said, Thine is the power. I like what Job said. The Lord giveth and has the authority to take back if he wants to. It's all. You know, David went before the Lord in prayer at church. And it says he sat on the ground. He stripped himself and sat on the ground and worshipped God. Saying, I am not king. You are king. I'm just a speck in your kingdom. Hallelujah. That's why we testify. Don't we testify? Now I want to tell you, most people don't like when I testify. And, and sometimes I'm a lot more successful testifying outdoor than at home. Because I said, you're trying to be bigger than we are. I don't determine the blessing God gives.
But he determined the testimony I gives by the size of what he blessed me with. And I got no right to downturn what he gave me. I must tell you like it is. If God gave me a brand new shoe, I should tell you I got a brand new shoe. This was not second hand. It's a brand new shoe. Come on, somebody. If God gave me $10,000, I would like to tell you that you ought not to envy me. God said, don't pour the oil on those boys. Pour it on him. That don't mean you should go kill him. God didn't give those brothers the dream and the vision. He gave it to Joseph. That don't mean you should hate it because you've got no vision. And because you've got no dreams. Don't kill the dreamers among you. Don't kill the visionaries among you. Don't get envious of those that God gives solutions to problems that you don't have. Come on, somebody. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Give God the glory. God did something very strange at the U.N. The district in, the New, in New York. And that's why God did this. And God didn't send that person that, to be healed to any church in New York. But all the way across the United States to Michigan. Far and far away. In a little church. Or it's not a little church, it's a big church. An all-nation church. She walked in there and she got healed. And she went back and told him what happened to her. And as a result of that, God made a choice. Who speaks to the UN? Not me. Not you. Not them. But one day, church, I was doing the Watusi when I saw what was taking place. It didn't make me feel bad. I didn't feel God jump over me and forgot me and do somebody else. I'm kingdom minded. I didn't care who killed Goliath as long as he's dead. He's dead. I want to tell this church, my friend, amen, don't let the devil get in your life and mess you up like so many are being messed up. He said, I'm going to take out of my kingdom all that offend. Because when the stack is not giving the smoke that you want and others have it, you will get offensive. Why did not be the one that they picked? Why was not the one that the sermon? Why was not one of the blessing? It's none of your business. God give to whom he will. Come on, somebody. Even your children. Don't allow it to happen to you and your kids. The Lord chose what he wants and the Lord gives. And when he gives a friend, let it be. But they despise Moses. And they want to kill him. But he's the one with the burning bush experience. Jacob was the one that God said he wanted. You called him crooked. God said, no, he's a prince. Hello, somebody. Now, in God's kingdom, church, in parabolic form, we see this here. God said there are four grounds. There are four grounds. And whether it be in your district or in your church or in your home or in your family, they exist. And you better know which one you're dealing with. It's not your job to clear the field. It's your job to plant the field. But not to clear it up. God does the reaping. Amen. We do the sowing. The first one is the wayside. Amen. People that don't understand what God is trying to do ought to become offended by God's work. Hello! Jesus Christ came 
to seek and save that which was lost, and they crucified him. Was he right? Yes, he was. Was Moses' vision right? Yes, it was. They lost 40 years rejecting Moses. Why? Moses had the answer 40 years ago. They spent 40 years unnecessary in the wilderness. And then they spent another 40 years wasted because he couldn't understand Moses' vision. 80 years. You saints can rise up and hold this church back for a while. You can hold back a person's tongue for a while. You can hold back a person's dream and vision for a while, but you won't do it forever. Because when harvest time comes, separation will take place. Let's worship God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And because they didn't understand, the devil come and steal the word. They didn't know who Jesus is. Had they known it, they wouldn't have crucified him. Had they left him alone, Rome would have been defeated. Had they left Joseph alone, they wouldn't have to go to Egypt to buy corn. Church, when God brings talents in the church, don't push them out. Don't compete with them. Compliment them. Don't criticize them. Don't tell them how long you've been here and how much you gave to it. God send them because God needs them because God is a king and the king does what he so pleases. It's just mine to give to whoever I will. And when you don't understand, you can sabotage the work of God and the visitation of Almighty God. The kingdom of God. And then the Bible talk about those that in the kingdom that are stony ground. They're stony. You gotta carefully step on those stones. <laughs> the stone of stumbling. The stone of troublesome. Hallelujah. You know, in Pentecost, if you got the wrong name that people could deprive you of what God called you to do. Hello? And the reverse is also true. People use culture and destroy what God's trying to do. Ethnocentricity. There are people who hate educated Christians. Literally despise them. Will get behind a pulpit and curse it. They will curse your graduation. Curse your education. Curse your dedication. Curse the fact that you're ambitious. Curse the, 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 the fact that doors open to you. Curse the, 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 your ability. You know why? They're not kingdom minded. They can't see the fabric in the twine. God linking gold and silver and fabric to make a church. It's not pure gold. It's not pure silver. It's not pure brass. It's a composite. If you live long, what do you do in this church? Somebody's going to walk in this church. Be better than you. And if I teach you to preach, you better be better than me. 
David was not offended that Solomon was going to be greater than him. In fact, David said, I'm going to help Solomon do what he cannot do. That Solomon may stand on his shoulder. You know, keep a district small and keep a church small and keep a family small. Envy. Grudge. Competition. Criticism. Won't step aside. Let betterment work. Hello. But want to maintain status quo. Church, I'm asking them a genius. Don't fall for it. Don't make it happen here. Let it happen in district or somewhere else or some other nation, but not here. Here, the word of the king has power. Even in your own family, your children can get better jobs than you have. Better education. More sophisticated with scientific instrumentation than you'll ever be able to work with. Don't kill it. Don't destroy it. Don't fight against it. Let God operate. Knowledge will increase. You can't stop it. And you can't go back to the days of fountain pen. It's just not going to happen. It's worse of God. And the first person to leave church are those who are not kingdom minded. Persecution come, and trials come, etc. come, and what happened? They're gone. There are more that are gone than those which remain. God always built on remnant. Hello? 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 God always built on what's remained. Because the first is always last, and the last become first. Then there's one field called the thorny field. Stay the church. There's some people, everything in Christ is thorny. They find fault with everything. If you have to pull the tick to get where you're getting, you didn't got there by recommendation or divine commendation. You got there by some other means, hook and crook. You have the spirit of Abimelech. Let me be king because I'm your blood type. I'm type old blood type. And we're all blood old type. And that guy over there is blood A. And let's not be a part of him. He can't help us. Read the book of Judges. And he killed everybody that belonged to, to Jehu. Hello. If you have to kill to get up on the ladder, you don't belong there. Think about it. Thorny field. Now, church, hear me now. You cannot mold thorns. David says the men of Belial are like what? You got to read the Bible? Thorns that cannot be handled. If you have a gift that God can't use it, it stinks. Hello? If you have a gift and all your harness force are pushing out other things, and pushing your way to the top. No, church, you shouldn't push your way to the top. You should be pulled up to the top. If you push your way to the top, you don't belong there. You're the thief. But if you're pulled up to the top, 
Hallelujah. Thorny people. You know, with the, with, I need to be in church one time. They have bulldozed the spirit. We're praying for folks with the Holy Ghost. She just want to be where the, where the results are. And so there's somebody talking in tongue, and she comes with a bulldozed and puts everybody out and took over. Hey, church. Kingdom-minded people don't have a takeover spirit. They have a contributing spirit. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Amen. Thorny feel. They're more commercialized. Demonized. They've been sanctified. One guy, there's some preachers preaching in a certain place, in an organization, and this guy felt he should let the crowd know, the hundreds of thousands, how great he is, but then the rest he said, I'm going to drop me a bombshell. Just so happened he had a bishop behind him that <laughs> waited for the bomb to drop. And the bomb didn't fall. So he walked away from the pulpit and sat down dead as a doe. The old bishop got to the thing and said, Well, folks, the brother says he's about to drop him a bombshell. I'm waiting to hear Peck. Have you heard anything, folks? He's on the head of shame. This is not about competition. When we speak, we speak as the oracle of God. We speak as we are moved upon by the Holy Ghost, not by sensationalism. Let me tell you, if God give you perfect English, speak perfect English. If God give you broken English, speak in broken English. Because not by English or by power. It's by His Spirit. Whether you speak it grammatically right or incorrect, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Whether it's Greek or Hebrew, it's still going to happen. Up to my friends, not up to you, it's up to Him. Oh God, He's a donkey to break through. And when the donkey start breaking, friend, God confirm it! When the bulls start living the bread, you're going to eat it! Praise God! And church, there are people in the church that are thorny! Hello. Well, he's not my favorite preacher. Well, who told you in the competition? Well, who's your favorite preacher? Are he your preacher? <laughs> Some folks you haven't preached, they go, <laughs> Well, my friend, you got, you got an aspiration problem, you can call the paramedics. <laughs> well, brother, say something. Please say something, would you please? But Father, there's the good ground. The good ground. Just walk up there, unimposing, and just say, The Lord liveth. Bless His holy name. Some folks say, Pastor, I get so worthy behind the pulpit. Don't ever stop feeling nervous back here. Hello! Because of the good ground, bring forth! I know there's people who bring for the hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold are problem-free saints. We got people in church. Church, they're up, they're operation hazard. They're calamity Jane. You know they are. I never trust need them. They keep preachers saved. Keep us praying and keep saints on their toes. 
The kingdom of God is compared to a sower. Somebody in the church is always sowing. Amen. And one of them, you know, <laughs> we got politicians come to our, our home, and they knock, and they tell us how to vote. Hello? Hello? Your fruit must speak for itself. Hello? Come on, church. The sower sow, but the sower is not always the good man. Know when people are sowing poison in your life. I want to tell you, I don't know this for a fact, but I promise people are telling you that your mommy and daddy is too hard on you. Now, you won't tell them that, but you had it to your own detriment. True to your own detriment. But I want to tell you, friend, that little seed they sow there will breed iniquity, rebellion. You didn't have, but they, now they depart and they walk away. And, friend, when they're gone, you have to wrestle with it. Because it's eating into you. And you tend to forget all the good and all the wonder that they care about. And all you can do with this little thing bothering you. This little thing. Little foxes that come and spoil the vine and just eat at you. You know, that, that beaver can't chop that tree down, but you give them time, they'll bring it down. Mmm, eat away at you. The only way to do it is run! Run, church! The kingdom of God have many kinds of sorrow. Thank you. Some sow tares and some sow good wares. Amen. Know the difference. Now, it's also the kingdom of God is like wheat and tares. You know, <laughs> some folks say, well, pastor, I'm not being fed. Well, bless God, open your mouth. What do you mean not being fed? Just, just say, Jesus! And the devil is scared of that. Jesus! Much more me saying, Jesus, say, Jesus. If I say it ten times, it's all right. What's wrong with that? Hello? So wheat and, what's tares? Tares look like wheat. Now, you kids, you're not telling your parents, but there are people corrupting you. They have more influence on you than your parents have. And it should never be. Because they never gave birth to you. They have no right to control you. They have no right to talk to you. They're not even authorized to speak to you. What they gave you is the unauthorized version of life. <laughs> Amen. But unfortunately, they tell us what we want to hear. If you're going to work for God, I want to tell you right now, there are people out there that should be doing right, but they're not doing right. And you better know the difference between a wheat and a tear. Now, a tear will grow vertically up like this and never bow the wheat because it's so loaded down with the fruit of the field. It's bowed. And that's the difference. Just to look at it. But from afar, they look the same. Amen. I want to tell you, friend, I'm a preacher. And I see preacher. I don't tell you what I see. 
Now, I don't tell them what I know, but I want to protect myself. I know they're not of God. They're not the kingdom of God. They're the enemies of the cross. And they do not hold the kingdom in high esteem. It's more their kingdom. It's my church. It's my saints. It's my people. And I thought, when did you bought the church? I thought, Jesus says, <laughs> that's called by my name. It's my people, which are called by my name. Let me tell you, folks, I am not the owner of this church. It's built by Jesus. Belong to Him. Purchase at Calvary. One God ownership. One God purchaseship. Hallelujah. We are just messengers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then you got the mustard seed. The old girl come in the church. And boy, she come there. The mustard seed is good. But she got some leavage she can put in there. Amen? Now, they're both doing the same thing. The mustard is cut on the outside. But the leaven, know what it's doing? It's secretly working in there. I start hopping out all the time. Amen? It's happening on every level of life, in the ministry, on the pews, and the politics, in the world. you got to realize, Lord, am I dealing with this woman who's sowing discord? Did God say? Well, God does know. A lot of saints got pulled off from churches. You know, you got such great talent, and... Oh, you have such great ministry, but your ministry is being hindered by some man standing before you and, and preventing your ministry from expanding. Oh, well, you know what he's saying? The authority in your life is hindering your climb. You know, God, know the devil told Adam and Eve, God is stopping your climb. You're supposed to be wise as God. You're supposed to be up there, but look what he, he limits you. He's holding you back. When I was a kid, I used to think my parents and my family was pretty mean-spirited because I, I couldn't go to other places. I used to think, boy, they're sure mean. And other families let their kids go and they come back. But you know, we end up in two different lifestyles today. Amen? One in the court of the Lord and one in the court of the law. Huh? Some in some perversion and drug scenery, and some in the Holy Ghost scenery. Let's stand. But what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is you and me and Christ reigning in my life. Christ reigning. So right now, God call us, God call you and me right now, a treasure in the field. When I come in the church, I learned from the pastor's wife later on. She said, how long will this one last? I've never told the pastor how many people tried to get me out of that church. Presbyterians are even surprised how many try to get me out. Some try to talk me out of it. 
Some told me I have gifts not being used. <laughs> Some told me I was a better preacher than he was. And they told me all kind of story. And some tell me where I should move to and live. But I realize that's not the voice of the shepherd. And I'm up in my mind, you're not going to move me from the king's kingdom. I'm going to hold fast. Hallelujah. You know how I end up here? The preacher sent me here and said, go right there and stay there. I'm still doing that right now. There's a treasure in the field. And you don't know who that person is, and I don't know who that person is, but when they come in, they will shine. They will shine because nobody hang around that God didn't put there. And there's a pile of great price in the field that God wants. And I'm telling you, church, you don't choose your parents. We can choose your God. Hello? I say you don't choose your parents. You have no say in the matter. But you choose your God. And you choose your church. And I guarantee every one of you right now, Satan is talking to every one of you on things you don't understand. He used trials to overrun you, chase you off. If that don't work, you try to get to so preoccupied, you're choked up with the care of this life. And yet some decided in their mind, I am the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I am the planting of the Lord. I'm going to say to your church, so you don't testify at all. I'm going to tell you why you don't do it. Because the devil convinced you you shouldn't do it. But whether you like it or not, you will have to bow one day and testify to the whole world. You may not do it now, but you will scream before thousands and millions of people you've never known. You have to shout the praises of Him. He said, every knee shall bow. When God won't baptize Him privately, anyone but to see it. Strange. I said, I can't do that. You can't tell God how to convert you. You're not ready. You're not repented yet. You're going to need God's way or no way at all. What is the kingdom of God? It's a place where God's commandments are kept. Some people don't think character matter. He said, I'm going to gather under my kingdom all that offend. Now that bothers me. Because many people we think die and die saved may not even be saved. Even though they obey Acts 238, their character, their values, their ethics was wrong. And they violate, God said, anything that offends. The word offend means cause offense in the church. God said, offense may come, but woe to the one by whom it came. So the Kim, I'm amazed. There's Barnabas and Matthias. The church had a vote on who's going to fulfill the apostles' ship. It's amazing. God didn't chose any of them. 
to the Apostle Paul, an unknown character. And they cast Lot and they said, okay, we'll choose Matthias. That's the church's choice. But I can't find one scripture where God ever used Matthias. Because you want it doesn't mean God endorses it. And Barnabas, that never won the race, God used him a whole lot. Barnabas brought Paul. And then Barnabas, it says, Barnabas and Paul went to Antioch, Acts 13, somewhere there. And then from there on out, it's Paul and Barnabas. And that's what it was for a while. And then one day, Barnabas got the idea to argue with Paul over John Mark, who should be in the runnings, and Paul said, No! I don't want him. Got character flaw, right? Now he's not ready. And Barnabas said, Yes! But the, the truth was, Barnabas and Mark were family. So Barnabas was going from not the spiritual standpoint, but his family. He was voting for his cousin, or his nephew. He wasn't voting based on truth, on righteousness, and performance. He was doing by, by, by nepotism. And so they chose to go different ways. You never read about John Mark, I mean Barnabas, one more time. Why? When you leave the God call man in ministry, the camera comes off you and go where the what's happening. The Bible says we never read one more time about that man, Barnabas. I thought about it. You're calling with the wrong man. Paul had the mind of God. And the Bible said Paul brought in some teaching or some messages. Paul raised the school of Tyrannos. Amen. And they accused him of running with Gentiles. Is that right? I mean, Paul did some strange and wonderful thing. It was of God. But the Jews who didn't understand it, the apostles who didn't understand it, they did not defend him, and he died by decapitation. He lost his head. But if you read your Bible, Paul was God's chosen vessel, which no man thought was worthy of the position. Would you buy his right now? I don't know how many would choose you right now as the leader for their system. But I want to tell you tonight, you're well chosen by God. God chose you already. It's too late for them to deny you. God called you a treasure in the field and a pearl of great price. Choose to become the kingdom. and said, Thine is the kingdom, Lord. Point to yourself. Hit your chest. I am your kingdom. Reign over my life, Jesus. I am your kingdom, Lord. I'm no shallow ground. I'm no thorny field. I'm no wayside believer. I'm a committed believer. I'm going to become your, your throne. Reign upon my heart, God. I want to call you children first and foremost because you are living a troublesome time. When you come to this altar, you children, 
You sometimes hear bad news from wrong people, amen, that tell you that your parents don't love you and that they don't care for you. I'm called to this altar right now. Stand right at this altar and say, God, God, let me be a Samuel. Let me be a Samuel. Come on, is there a daughter out there? And Esther, to so Lord, I want my life to be changed. How about you saints out there? If God wants to stretch his hand over you and touch Ephraim and not you as Manasseh, could you still live with it? What's important to you this morning, tonight, church? To be the king of God or the synagogue of Satan? I want